0: Well, it's been 48 days since the last 1% sell-off in the S&P, but fears of higher Treasury supply, a precarious U.S. fiscal position and higher bond yields has smacked a sanguine market square in the chops. We're seeing a U.S. dollar finding a purple patch. We've got higher volatility in markets, but can it last? And we preview the Bank of England meeting and the non-farm payrolls number. It's time to get in front of the charts. This is the trade-off. Hi there, my name's Chris Weston, I'm Head of Research here at Pepstone I'm going to be joined by my good friend Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics I'm going to bring Blake into the program I've got two questions to ask you Blake First of all is, without getting too newsroom on on you um, and the US obviously being the greatest country in the whole world um, you do have a lower credit rating now than Denmark, the Netherlands, Norway, uh, Australia Um, How do you feel? I feel a little inadequate right now. I, I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Second question, and I think I want to make this. A, I want to make this a bit of an institution going forward, right? And 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 yeah, we had a really good question from Craigo. Um, I'm guessing his name's Craig, um, but in in one of the comments from last week, we got quite a few. And I want to make this a, a bit of an institution going forward. I mean, yeah, if we get some good, we we always get some really good questions. And I want to I want to throw this out there to. Yeah, you know, to get the conversation rolling with with, with viewers as well. And Craig, wrote um about the commitment of traders. Report um, we know we know that that every every Tuesday, um, people are trading futures um, of different types. You know, uh, the different types of players out there would be trading. You know, you're a leverage trader, or you're an asset manager. Um, you know, you're non-commercial effectively. Uh, you know, you have to report your your gross longs and gross shorts uh, across your the whole sort of futures curve um, to the CFTC, who then report them on a Saturday morning for us here in Australia, Friday night for you in in, in your double A rated country, the US. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know, so so people do use that. And and Craigo writes, do, you know, do do you get some information advantage from from using the Commitment of Traders report? Uh, and I felt, yeah, first of all, I want to understand, Blake, how, how do you use this? And then I want to. Yeah, throw this out to the wider audience because I know there's people out there in, in the community who use the Commitment of Traders report. Um, but for me, like I, I look at bank investment bank flow and look at real money um, funds and and what they're doing, leverage funds and sometimes re, uh, retail um, uh, you know, flows as well. Um, but yeah, do you use the the Commitment of Traders report to get an edge in in currency trading or yeah in your index trading?
1: Yeah, how do you use it? I, I actually use it for currencies quite a bit. It's it's okay. one of those, you know, tools that you keep in the toolbox. It's kind of like that uh, you know, if you if you got a, a bunch of screwdrivers, it's that, you know, it's one of the flathead screwdrivers, you're like, yeah, I need the flathead today, you know. And in and, and this toolbox, when you see like large speculators um, you know, just really, really aggressively long or really aggressively short, you know, that usually it's kind of it's almost like a retail crowd in a sense. And so when they get really, you know over bullish or over bearish, I start looking for reversals. It's kind of like looking at a sentiment indicator, very similar type of situation. So the COT is something that I do glance at. And and if I see anything glaring at the end of the week, um, it is something that I start paying attention to. But, you know, the the FX market has been diluted over the years. And since I predominantly trade FX, that's uh, something I do take into account. So I think it's one of many tools that you can use. But I think that first of all, that's a great question, Craig O. And uh, for anybody else that have questions, I think uh, I think we're going to start answering a question well, that, live here. on the Show exactly. Every week. So, so I think the
0: interesting for, for me with FX. I mean, so few people trade uh, FX futures these days. It's all swaps. It's all forwards. It's all it's all spot. So yeah, the, the forward the, the futures market gives us an indication. Um, but again, I think yeah, like you're right. You, you look for those extremities where it's at hundred percentile or zero percentile of a, of a uh, you know. One five year range, and, and you'd say that you know this, that, that position is getting a bit overdone, and then obviously price action is your key there. But I think it's an interesting one. I'm interested to you guys out there because I know a lot of people out there who are watching this show do use the commitment of traders report. Tell us how you're getting your edge over there. You know, especially I, I find it really quite useful in, in commodities over effects, but you know, how are you guys doing it? That's the question of the day. Let us know how you're feeling out there, anyway. Let's go into topical funder, let's have a look at the big macro formatics playing the market. Volatility, my good friend. You came to me once again. I'm not sure the exact words, but uh, yeah, Blake, we've 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 had a very quiet market for so long. I, I say that we've had this. We haven't had a 1% sell-off in the S&P for for so long that yeah, you know, we have a 1.4% move to the downside, and it really sort of resonates and pff, feels like someone's got a bucket of cold water and smacked us in the face with it. Um, but yeah, you know, we've seen the VIX push into 16%. Um, I'm still. You know, sceptical on the VIX pushing much higher because, you know, realised volatility is so low and there's such a, a big divergence between realised volatility there. But we have seen a pickup in skew. Normalised skew has picked up. So people, are, if you look at, um, you know, 25 delta puts relative to calls on a normalised basis, you know, you can see that that puts put volatility has been increasing. So people are starting to hedge that downside, which is the first time we've seen that for a while because hedging portfolios, equity portfolios, yeah, for, for for months has hurt. It's hurt profitability. So people have rolled off the hedges, um, and, and yeah, we're starting to see option activity again playing through. But you know, do we do we think that that the volatility can last, or do we think after you know this 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 period of sanguine that you know, we so it's a one or two day affair and we start settling back down with the VIX back in the thirteen you know, percent FX volatility pushing down. Do we do we move into a sustained high volatility range here?
1: Well, that's a great question. And first of all, as you pointed out, we're at 16. I, I start getting a little nervous around 20. So once you, know, you start breaching that 20 benchmark, then you, you know, hey, you got to start being defensive. You got to start scalping more. You got to be a little bit careful with your position sizing. Uh, be a little bit more two-way action. I think that's the way to, to approach it. Um, do I think that we are at risk of getting up there? Absolutely. Uh, we have two, I say two, We actually have a couple uh key events that are coming up this week this week and then next week with cpi but you got you got non-farm payroll on friday which we're going to talk about obviously at the end here uh we also have earnings from two of the biggest technology companies in the us thursday night or for you it'd be friday uh before you guys leave for the day and so i'm expecting volatility possibly to you know increase and reach into the 20s especially if you start looking at earnings and you start looking at what apple and amazon are doing yeah i, I think, think yeah those those, so.
0: those two names need to blow it out of the park i mean the implied move for apple is about 3% amazon's a little bit less but you know you, you these got yeah you know, apple has been so you know, with nvidia and some of the big ai names has been have been so much a, a, a talisman for, for the equity games, if yeah, they, they don 't blow the lights out after the move we 've had, then then the market has further downside, but yeah, I think we 're all looking at bond yields at the moment, which is a really <laughs> nice segue to the next talking point, but you know we 've got that higher long end rates playing through and we 've got you yeah, real rates on fives pushing two percent as well and and they haven 't mattered you know they haven't we haven 't seen yields really matter for equity appreciation throughout this whole yeah, move recently. Um, because yeah, the concentration risk has pushed us up. But do they matter now? And, and you bring up a good point. We've got payrolls. You know, uh, If payrolls are strong, then I think equities probably roll over. Um, and then next week's CPI, I'm looking ahead at next week's CPI, and I'm seeing you know, the Cleveland Fed now-casts saying that we're probably going to get 0.4 of 1% month-for-month. Uh, core, which I think would increase the probability that we get a rate hike in, in November. And, and I think those things are things. So yeah, I I, I mean, I, I'm skeptical that we're going to see that a sustained period of volatility myself. Do I hope it happens? Absolutely. Bring it on, I say. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm
1: skeptical of that situation. Us traders, we do love volatility. That is for sure. So uh, remember, I, my, my my uh, bull bear line, you can call it that, is right around 20. So below 20, and I'm not so worried. Above 20, I start going, eyebrows start raising. Speaking nah, of which, let's tell you-, 20%, know, you, percent you on, 20% on the VIX is, is happy days. The
0: sun comes out from behind the clouds. We laugh a bit alou- a little bit louder.
1: <laughs> well, as traders, but- you know, if you're trying to play defensive and, you know, offense, depending on what you're doing, depending what you're you're, you're the way the way you like to make the sausage in the markets. Let's just put it that way. Um, let's talk about uh, the next next topic. And let's talk about the bond market. You know, I was having an interesting conversation with one of my colleagues, Stelios. You know who Stelios is uh, uh, today and, and this morning, actually, here in the in the U.S. And we were talking about bonds. Well, I, thought it, I, thought it Stelis, I thought it might be Stelios because I thought it might be Stelios because it probably wouldn't be Ryan, right? no it will not be ryan why wow. ryan doesn't you know they that that, that goon just kidding ryan <laughs> hey. love you they made fun of my hair by the way i Did caught I? that god see i see you guys all right so talking about the bond market though we what we had is we had yields obviously flying tenure yields are at like really like i would call key resistance it's a wedge it's actually a bullish wedge just so you all know bond market came under pressure today but you know stellius was asking you know hey can we really sustain? This high of yields can the market sustain this in the current environment? And what happened by the end of the day? Yields came off a little bit, and the bond market bounced back. We actually got a little bit of a false breakdown in the tenure. But you know, with with you know these Fitch with this Fitch downgrade, a does it worry you as a non-American? Like for me, I'm not so worried about it because I'd be more worried if we start to see Moody's and S and P come and join the party in the ratings game. But right now, Fitch, you know, I can I. I I would validate their arguments, understand the downgrade, but it's just Fitch, you know what I mean. So, does not matter to you? And and what do you think about yields at current levels? Are well, let me just let me just attractive? let me
0: say one thing. With the S and like P are already down there, right? So Fitch have actually come down to to S and P's, so that they never actually upgraded them after two thousand and eleven. So what we're actually seeing, and you never is hear finished. about
1: upgrades. You never hear about upgrades. You
0: don't. Well you certainly <laughs> won't with America because their yeah, their fiscal position is quite precarious and you know, that that's the issue. So look, I don't I don't I think what at the bottom line is is what we've heard from Fitch is not new information. Everyone knows this stuff, right? Everyone knows that the fiscal deficit is 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 there and, and but they they expect the fiscal deficit to, to worsen, right? Whereas I think the street expects the fiscal deficit, the government deficit to, to improve slightly. We'll see. Um but look, I don't think anyone's expected. So the, the bottom line is, if you're a pension fund and, and, and you're holding sovereign debt, are you now going to liquidate your portfolios because of this? Absolutely not. No. So this is a non-event in the market size. Um, and it, But it, I think it's reinforced the idea that the fiscal position is, 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 is incorrect. Now, going back to your point on yields, you know, the, the US now has an interest component on, on that it has to, to pay of about a trillion dollars a year. So these high yields are bad. Yellen needs to push back on this, and she started doing that already. Um yeah, we 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 know their fiscal position is 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 wrong. We know their interest things. So if long end rates are going up, that's bad. Um, it hasn't mattered for markets until it does now. No, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing a few buyers step in. at the moment, I think the big concern for us has been the the increase in coupon issuance. We we heard from the U.S. Treasury refunding uh, yesterday or overnight. Should we say for me overnight? Your, your morning yesterday, eight thirty. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the coupons that they're bringing out, the, the issuance that they're going to bring out is, is bigger than what the market was looking for. And, of course, that additional supply generally means that yields go up because there has to be more takedown by the private sector. And I think that's been the big issue. And then, if you marry that yesterday with the ADP report, um, which the market picks and chooses when they want to look at it, but obviously it was much stronger than what we're looking for, and that's what set it off. It wasn't the move in the market was not for me anything to do with the, with Fitch. It was more to do with the ADP number, which set Treasury yields off, um, and then that was then smacked with the coupon issuance, and that's what pushed yields higher. So yeah, I think there's a lot of factors, and then of course you've got Bank of Japan who are moving up to one percent on JGBs, and that that's changing term premium. Um, in in the U.S. Treasury market, so yeah, I think it's really a supply story rather than the fit story that's moved the market there. So I think, but but it's a really good segue now because if we do see, you know, nominal yields in the U.S. and the back end steepen, um, and that continues, then the dollar comes into play. So let's bring that one up now. Because the dollar, if you look at the dollar index, and we don't have a chart right now, but yeah, the dollar index is is, on a, is, is, is making high highs and it's on a one-way impulsive move at the moment. I think the equity market definitely has taken notice of that. A higher dollar is not great for the equity story. It's certainly not good for the commodity story. We're seeing silver under a bit of pressure. We're seeing gold under a bit of pressure. Um, I think if five-year real rates tips were to go above 2%, that, that would be bad for equity markets and, and good for the dollar. Um, but i like the dollar at the moment uh, blake one thing that, that really interests me if i look at you know the market pricing is that we've got rate cuts now f- one full rate cut being priced in into the first quarter of next year uh, and again i think it just feels punchy so you know from that point of view i still think there's upside in the us dollar All right buying pullbacks in this um, how do you how do you like the us dollar now
1: well technically we just completed what we would call a bull flag pattern and i've been long the dollar and i actually sold my dollars against the euro, I was short euro uh, yes, or the whole week up until yesterday, up until that that ratings announcement, but I stayed long the dollar against other currencies. So I was short Aussie, a long dollar Canadian, and, I'm st- and I was long dollar Mexican peso. So I, w- I was playing the dollar, but I kind of, you know, that Fitch uh, move freaked me out against like European currencies. So I still play and I'm still playing long the dollar. I think it's a little long in the tooth here, but what could really set it off is uh the jobs report which is not a good segue because i don't want to go there just yet but you know we have a jobs report we have other data that's coming out and the market's looking a little wobbly here and just remember chris it wasn't only it was about two weeks ago when we were talking about the death of the dollar. not we mainstream media whether you're talking about other news did we put them in, put them in their place did we put them in their place <laughs> well the fact of the matter is they were talking about do- de-dollarization And the dollar is going to go to hell in a handbasket and everybody wants away from the dollar. But, you know, obviously this week, last week, we haven't heard anything about that, have we? So I still think people are positioned very. If you look at the COT, speaking of which, you look at the euro speculators, they're still aggressively long dollars and uh, uh, long euros, short dollars. And I bet they've been liquidating all week long. So well,
0: I think the markets bank flow has suggested that yeah, you know, real money accounts and and leverage accounts generally on the institutional side have been have been running a pretty punchy short US dollar position. So I think there's been positioning to the upside here to, on the back of that. But yeah, the problem the, the the good thing about the US is you've got this kind of exceptionalism story. Yeah, you, know, you you've you've got parts of Europe in recession at the moment, inflation expectation, well, sorry, inflation, realize inflation is falling just as it is in the US, but you've got better growth. And I think that's where we've talked about this before. Yeah. As we, as we roll into 2024 um, or in, into the latter stages of this year, yeah, hold it back, Chris Weston. You know, you're not there yet, but you know, obviously we look so far in, into the future. You know, we are getting to a world where, where G10 currencies are going to be driven by relative growth dynamics and, and, and less so on the inflationary side Um you know, and and so I think things like services um, PMI numbers are going to matter so much more as they are for going kind to of, things like the pound. It's really been the service sector that's held everything up, um, and and I think yeah we're going to be looking at relative growth rates and and service dynamics, and I, I think yeah that's where we're going to be. And right now the US is 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 the best house on a, on a, on the neighbourhood really. It's the 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 cleanest t and that exceptionalism story is is I think what's what's supporting the US dollar here. So. You might that's, lose your credit rating a, here, Blake, great, but
1: you—you've you, backed the right horse <laughs> at the moment. Hey, my shirt—I still don't see yellow rings in it. We're fine. All right, so uh, oh yes, <laughs> just, just kidding. All right, so let's uh, let's take it to the non-farm payroll and uh, talking about growth, right? So, what fuels growth? Uh, the labor market, and you know, I, I wanted to kind of map out the U.S. dollar, or excuse me, the jobs playbook, the NFP playbook, because. I think there's different ways to play the dollar. I like the dollar on the short side against certain currencies. I like the dollar on the long side against currencies, certain currencies. I happen to be long the dollar Canadian, as I uh, told you guys the last couple of uh, trade-offs that we had. Uh, it's kind of one of the bigger positions I was running. Uh, that that one, I, I actually still like the dollar Canadian to the long side post Jobs report under certain circumstances, but you know, is this the is this the uh, is this the week you know where we start to see the labor markets soften? And I personally don't think it is. I think we still probably have a couple more months of uh, maybe at least another month or two of good, solid jobs numbers. So you know, the markets pricing in. You know, two hundred thousand jobs. Whereas we saw the ADP numbers come in really, you know, strong. I know that doesn't really matter a whole lot. The correlation's not quite there, but still, um, we have ISM tomorrow that we're going to look into in the services sector. Jolt's jobs opening is a little weaker, but it still suggests a fairly, fairly, you know, tight labor market. What are your thoughts on the jobs? And how do you want to play? And by the way, if I'm going to short the dollar, if I'm going to short the dollar. Uh, I'd like to see what happens with the Bank of England tomorrow, but still, I, I really think best short dollar play is maybe dollar yen. And we'll probably be talking about that okay. a little bit later. So, uh, Mate, I'm looking, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the volatility in, in the
0: forward volatility markets, and you can do it on an individual basis uh, day. And I'm looking at the market's expected, expectations of movement over payrolls. It's not very much. It's probably actually the, the lowest implied vol that we've seen on a payrolls number for, for some years. Um the The big volatility actually in the market if you if you want an event is actually for Jackson Hole at the end of the month that 's where the market's saying that we 're probably going to get some. Um, pronounce movement so mark that in your diary end of the month that's the Jackson Hole Symposium it's the only time you're ever going to use the word symposium in a year for that one um, but that's that's kind of where we are we should have a symposium sometime a trade-off symposium um, but yeah like, so the, the market's not expecting fireworks over payrolls that may change that volatility may pick up now that we've started seeing broad volatility pick up on, on the day Um but look, yeah, I think I just think you've got to come in this with an open mind. Be prepared to to, to see something that you know you look at, and everyone's going to be saying, "Oh, this doesn't make any sense." <laughs> you know, uh, so I don't. I agree with you. I don't think this is the month that, that we're going to see a softer, a softened um, labour market. I think that will come this year, though, and I think we will see it grind lower down. You know, through a hundred thousand at some stage. But the, the key number for me now, given we're all in, 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 in all about the, um, you know, inflation at the moment, still is 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 that average hourly earnings number. The market's looking for 4.2%. So, look, I think if we were to get above 4.4% on the on the average hourly earnings number, the dollar's going to fly. Um, obviously, it depends on what happens to the unemployment rate and, and, the, and the payrolls number itself. But yeah, if I, if I take that in isolation and create a most simplistic playbook, which of course we can't do, but if we were, 4.4% would be a line that I think the dollar rallies pretty hard and those yields move up again and that would be a pain trade for the market. Gold's going to get smacked. Um, you know, 4.2%, if we get below, if, yeah, if we were to get 4%, Heaven forbid we get a three handle, which is very, very, very unlikely. Um, yeah, I think risk flies in that situation. We get a nice reversal back out and Dolly Yen comes down. So that's, that's what I'm looking at very closely there. But as I say, market's not expecting fireworks. But watching those bump markets as we do, I think that's kind of the, the first derivative here and, and rates as well. So one to watch. Anyway, let's go into that's a setup. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to start before we go into into Dolly. what I want to propose going forward, um, maybe sort of in, in in setting with the fact that the US has lost its credit rating, and you know I'm feeling I'm feeling um, you know in, in a kind of strange old mood. I think what what we'd like to do going forward is 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 look at um, yeah Blake and I propose two setups that we really like, and then um, if people out there in the audience have two setups that, that you know a setup that they really want us to look at or yeah you know, bring into the community leave it in the comments section below and we'll address it next week so Blake and I will look, will look for two that, that that are really front and center that that we're talking to clients about traders and and, and something that we're looking at as, as, a, as a setup ourselves but if you've got a setup whatever asset class that you want us to look at uh, and a view on it yourself the, do do leave it in the comments and, and we'll bring that into the show next week starting next week so mixing it up um, your new financial yes. year. Let's mix it up going into August. Anyway, let's bring up dollar yen to start with. Let's let's get this let's get this going. I'm w- I'm waffling on. Let's go. Right, Dolly, why do I like this one, uh, Mr. Blake? Will you like it? Short. It's going up. It's had a really nice move. We saw that that, that correction down through July hit the fifty percent uh, re- retracement level. We had a nice rally back up into the former breakout level. Market didn't like it. Uh, yeah, we, we're sort of testing these these FIBO levels on a closing basis, and the buyers have stepped back in, and we're now, you know, looking to make a move back up to sort of one forty-five. Um, obviously, the yields, uh, the long end yields. So usually, it's the front end. Yeah, two-year Treasury, which which is drives that because that's obviously where you're getting that rates differential playing through. Um, But yeah, we're now starting to see the dollar working. And what you've got in this high, I say higher volatility environment, but this period of, 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 of drawdown is that you've got two very defensive currencies. You've got the dollar and the yen, which are both attractive in this market at this precise moment. And obviously, the high beta plays are getting hit, you know, Aussie, Kiwi, yeah, the the some of the, the EM currencies. But I like this higher, Blake. And, and one of the things I want to, uh, to throw out is the idea is, is when do we get the MOF, the Ministry of Finance in, in Japan, talking about the currency? Obviously, it's the rate of change they're concerned with. But I like this higher. But, yeah, we are getting to that point, which miraculously could be when we get the MOF coming in as well. You like this on the short side, I remember
1: i do um and i but let me let me clarify a couple of things uh first of all a i'm running a dollar yen short that's fine but i really like it below 142 and really it's more of a jobs report you know game time decision if if we have a weaker report or looks like the data comes in you know really below expectations the dollar yen is kind of where i want to play but um but overall i think you're right that we're in a range and we're up near that that is the risk level and and let's not forget i know. The BOJ didn't quite do what the market was really hoping they'd do with yield curve control. They just moved the band or widened the band a little bit. Um, But I do think it's one minor step in in, in normalizing policy. (laughs) One really, really, really small step, but it's something that we can't ignore as traders. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of two-way price action in the dollar yen. And I think the 138 to 145 is a big that range that we can trade in.
0: Right? Nice one. I just so. want to quickly say that um, <clears throat> I actually thought what the Bank of Japan did was was was, was pretty bold and, and actually a really good step for them as a way of normalizing. Um, I won't go into too much depth because I'm going to get the producer giving me a throwing his hands in the air in a minute. Um, <clears throat> but the... Um, uh, I do think if volatility does settle down, then the, the, the yen kicks back in. as, as you know, Regardless of what happens with 10-year JGB yields and 10-year swaps in Japan, um, if, if vol comes down, I still think right now that the yen will be our preeminent funding currency for the carry trade, and that will push dollar-yen higher. So, yeah, volatility is really key for this. Um, you know, If we do see FX vol and, and the VIX pushing higher, if VIX was to push above 20% in, in, in the next week or so, um, then the yen will probably work quite well. Um, so I think, yeah, we've got to remember that, that the Bank of Japan hasn't changed things too much. It's still about carry. Um, and, and in low volatility, the yen you like to sell. In high volatility, the yen you like to buy because you're closing out those funding positions. So that's still the, the 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 key investment case for me.
1: Yeah, that's great. Great points, Chris. Thanks for bringing those up. Uh, I'll, I'm going to turn it over to the sterling. And I know this is going to be a good setup for people tomorrow morning. With the Bank of England, uh, you know, I'm probably, Chris, I'm sure you have a lot to say about the Bank of England, but I believe that the, I I believe the sterling has come down to really critical support. You can see it's channel support. It's the 50 DMA. It's really important. 126.80 is the level I'm looking at. Uh, You know, if we get a sustained break below the 50 DMA, it, it opens up the door to a move to the 200 day moving average. However, however, you know, the Bank of England and the UK economy is dealing with higher inflationary pressures and they got a a, a, a new a new member uh, on the Bank of England board. Or is it two new members? I know we dropped one, added one. Anyway, it's a little bit of a shakeup at the Bank of England. Hey, you know, maybe they turn and really, really want to start fighting inflation and maybe they become more hawkish all of a sudden who knows and if that's the case though we have a very good risk reward for long so i think it's a great setup great pivot at current levels what are your thoughts about the sterling here
0: oh so michael brown's going to be going Burr. can you do technical analysis on, on bond yields earlier i know you're calling it the sterling As two of his biggest pet hates in the world he's a very opinionated man on that anyway moving <laughs> on um uh no, I, I think um, I, I actually take the opposite view. I think the Bank of England have, have, have put a lot of uh, insurance in place. I think they've got ahead of the curve. You know, certainly with their fifty basis point hike last month, I think they've they've got a lot of insurance hikes in there. Um, and, and I think that we'll get a twenty five basis points uh, hike in the session ahead. Yeah, markets, you know, certainly leaning that way. We've got about uh, well, about a thirty percent chance that we get a fifty basis point hike. So in theory, when they if they do come out with twenty five. Uh, you might see a little bit of downside in the pound straight off the bat, and then people might you know, reverse that position pretty quickly. If um, depending on the outlook, um, which you'd imagine given the inflation dynamics, especially on the services side, that they're going to continue to be pretty hawkish. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, this is this is one. This is a setup, right? This is a setup. But um, this is one that the market needs to reveal itself. You know, if it, if it breaks that 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 series of high highs, that channel, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get claps. Obviously, the structure of the market's changed. The behavior of the psychology of the market, we're less bullish on the pound. You might get some, some consolidation and, and range trading, or it might yeah, it might go down to those levels. But you know, I think if it bounces off off, off support, you know, that, that, that needs to be traded there as well. So I'd stay clear of the Bank of England, to be honest. I think we're expecting some big movements over that. It's not something I want to be involved with. I would rather wait for the facts because I think the facts will, will, will give us a lot of clarity and then react once we've got the facts. So I'm staying out of the Bank of England. It's going to be a bit bit crazy for my liking. I don't want to be over that news, and it could just be all over the place. So I have no edge in that environment. Stay out of the banking, Bank of England, wait for the facts, and I think that that setup will be complete. That's the way I'm looking at it. This is where you say, yeah, wise words, Chris. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Blake. Uh, um, why, any-
1: wise words, Chris. <laughs> yeah. All right, OK, moving
0: on to moving yeah. into Aussie dollar. Let's go down to Aussie dollar, because... I don't know why they call it the battle because it, you know, it generally just moves in, in line with risk and and uh, yeah, what's happening with Chinese markets as well. Um, but look at the setup here, Blake. Yeah, I mean we've got this massive double top playing through. I mean we we looked at Euro Yen last week with your double top that playing. Out. Yeah, we have to look at that. Um, but this is this is a pretty punchy uh, double top that we've got here. And yeah, you know, the, the target technically based on this, now it's complete is 63 cents. So it gives you some very good downside. Obviously, these things aren't linear. They don't just go down in a straight line. Very rarely do they go down in a straight line. Um, Obviously, order book dynamics dictate whether that does. And if there's very few buyers, the market's easily just goes down in that one-way trend. Um, But yeah, I like this to the downside. I like selling rallies, that's the trade at the moment in, in Aussie dollar is selling rallies. The structure there suggests that's the high probability outcome. Um, And 63 cents is your your target on Aussie dollar based on this pattern, how do you see it?
1: I um, just covered my Aussie Aussie dollar, excuse me, short uh, this morning, but I agree with you. I like it to the short side. Now, the one thing that you don't have on your chart, which I just want to bring up, because I think it's a big deal, the closer we get to 64 is a big deal to me, just because if you take the post COVID, I call those generational lows. Like when we went into lockdown, and the Aussie traded down to 54 55 cents right that spike low i don't think i'll see that again in my trading career let's just put it that way that's why i like to call it generational lows um maybe we will maybe we won't but I, I don't think so anyway if you connect that low to the low back in on uh, october i believe it's october of 2022 to and it comes in right at 64 cents so that is the one level I'd be looking at for some sort of reaction from. But hell, we get a reaction from there. Great. I'll, that's a reaction to sell into. I think that the Aussie is going to trade heavy. Well, I like the reversal on copper and r- risk assets look a little frothy. So I think the Aussie plays well to the downside, and I'm right. going to continue to short it. So well, I think when now, we have our symposium later this year, um, you're, you're going to have to
0: come yeah. over to Australia because it's going to cost me a hell of a lot of money to come over to you on these exchange rates at the moment. So we'll see. You.
1: <laughs> True. True dad. All right. All right. Let me uh, let me take you over to uh, our last setup and the one that um, that that has my attention right now. And I say it's a it's a jungle out there, especially if you're dealing with some of these tech stocks, because Amazon reports on Thursday. Now, uh, I, I think I brought Apple last week to the trade off. It actually today broke that ascending wedge that we had talked about last week. Was it last week that I brought that up? Anyway, yeah, it was a shame. Um, right I mean, now I'm I think it was. But anyway, Amazon, another big you know stock that I think a lot of people can trade. You trade it via CFDs uh, with the, uh, Pepperstone. Some people will trade the equity outright. Um, we have a head and shoulder pattern set up. And if you notice, Amazon made a lower high. So we stalled at the 50% retracement of the all time highs down to the the lows that we, we traded back in uh, November of 23. November no November twenty two excuse me, and we only we only rallied to the fifty percent retracement. So a break below uh, one twenty five is probably going to be pretty bearish for Amazon. Now remember, Amazon why it's so important to the market. It's really going to give us like a thermometer on the the, the consumer, uh, not only here in the U.S. but globally. Remember, Amazon's not just a U.S. based company; they're they're everywhere. So with that being said, I'm watching Amazon very carefully, head and shoulder pattern set up. And if we start trading below 125, I think that's bearish and we have to respect it. So what are your thoughts on Amazon here?
0: Well, I just want to take my hat off to you, realizing that there's other people outside of america in the world and and and, and shops as well so <laughs> good work no i like it you i mean got a I, few I think... dodgy
1: ones in in the uk too I, <laughs> yeah. from what i understand that's a very very dodgy <laughs> very
0: dodgy um, look, i like it's a great setup i mean it's just one that's going to resonate with a lot of retail traders out there who, who love these patterns and and see these as, as, as fairly high 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 probability trades i mean you've got the, the 200 day coming in um, is that, sorry, 50 days or the, um, the, the orange line? That's 50 a 50 day. day that we're sitting yeah. on, correct.
1: It's yeah, exactly. 50, and yeah.
0: you've got, yeah, the, the S&P is a similar situation. We've got, the, we've got the 50 day just below and that's been a good trend guide recently. Um, so yeah, I think it's a short-term trend. You know, the 50 day is one that we, we, we like to use um, as a trend filter. Um, you know, and obviously the, the head and shoulders pattern; it needs to complete, uh, and so you've got that confluence of of, of, of support levels. If it breaks there, I you mean, know, obviously, it doesn't guarantee anything. Nothing does. Uh, nothing, nothing's guaranteed, but I think it's a great pattern, and 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 yeah, you know, the behaviour's clearly clearly changing. You had a really bullish move. Um, yeah, you know, the buyers have given up a little bit. The sellers are saying, "Hang on a sec, we might do this," but yeah, we haven't got that 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 emphasis to 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 shorting. Shorting's been a, an awful trade for some of these, you know, discretionary and, and tech stocks. So. You know, if we get the break of that, the closing break there, I think the short sellers will probably have a bit more of a bit more of a say. The buyers will dry up a little bit. Those sellers will kick in. Volatility is going to kick up. So that pattern's putting me on notice. I like it.
1: Can I say one last thing? Uh, I also have to report that Apple does report earnings uh, with Amazon after the close on Thursday in the U.S. So you guys will, you guys in in, in Australia will be following it first thing in the morning, uh, and it's. It could be a market mover for Friday, so just keep that in mind. Not only non farm payroll, but two of the biggest in the aftermarket. You know, yeah, arguably right. in the session yeah, after market. Let's just put it, it let's could, put
0: it let's put it how it is, right? So in the session ahead.
1: There we go. In
0: the session ahead. In the session. All ahead. right. Play of the day. Right, I'm gonna go for the US five hundred. It's, it's more of a a road map rather than a, um Trade. I mean, we've got this kind of regression channel you could just do a normal channel that's been going up since the March lows um, yeah that's been a, a good buying opportunity as we go down that you know- just the line of best fit, but you, yeah, Bollinger Band will probably do the job. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think like like Amazon there, the 50-day the moving average is, is key, right? Yeah, you know, it's been a brilliant trend filter. Yeah, the market's just been mean reverting against that level uh, when it gets too far out and you've just, you've just faded that in. But it's been, people have been buying pullbacks all the way up there. So, you know, I, I think that holds. Um, and I want, to, I want to trade the regression I want to trade the move a potential move into that 50 day I think there's some further downside in this um, but then I think yeah, I, I don't buy the move that we're going to see long end yields moving up substantially higher uh, if we were to get another 10-15 basis points yeah that would probably take the S&P down into that 50 day moving average and, and you probably see the dollar strength and, as well there as well so I'm, I'm, I'm looking for buy orders into the 50 day moving average um, and, and that just gives me that little bit of room for a little bit more dollar strength a little bit more backup in yields, um, before I think the value buyers come in, in into the treasury market, and that takes us down to the 50 day. But as always, in trading, it's how markets react into levels. We can put it on our radar, but I think that that's where I'm looking for the trades in the moment. The market's been good buyers into that. Um and obviously if it if it if it flips then, you know, you can get out the trade as quickly as you can. Um but yeah, I think tactically, if 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 tens and thirty year treasuries were to make up another fifteen basis points, I think that's probably where they're gonna be capped. Puts another one, one and a half percent on the US dollar. Um and I think you get down into the fifty day where I think, you know, probably, you know, maybe we get a reversal. So that's how I'm thinking about this tactically now.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm actually going to give you a trade setup that I'm not in. This is going to be the play of the day, and this is the CAD Yen. Uh, Now, uh, when you break out of a channel uh, like we did, um, you look for retests of the underside of that channel. Now, I also did play the Euro Yen on that double top. It made a real quick move lower than the, you know, on headlines. You know, pre BOJ Nikkei release, it was like ahead of the BOJ, so you had to be a, a ninja, as as uh, Chris likes to put it. You have to be a trading ninja these days, and so I'm gonna get a little nuts and I'm gonna get a little loony here, and I'm gonna be shorting some Canadian yen into that resistance. I'm looking at the uh, 88, or uh, excuse me, the 78 percent retracement. As long as that stays capped at 108.40, you know, I get get moves above 108, 108.10. I'm looking to sell into Friday's. Canadian jobs report. We had an outsized number last week to the to the positive. I mean, uh, Canada reported. I think they may, they they created almost sixty thousand jobs. Yeah, ain't going to come out that 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 rose. Canada's, this, Canada's this got a higher credit rating than you as well. That's why I want to short them. That's why I'm going to short Canadian yen just to get back at them. I'm going to do some revenge trading right now, folks. That is something you should totally eject out of your trading vocabulary. Is ranged as revenge trading, which I am going to implore fully because the U.S. got downgraded. Now so there you go, you. Chris. That's Canada, my-
0: Canada have got, uh, yeah, anyway, so moving on. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, hit the like button and, and obviously leave a comment on, on how you use the uh, the Commitment of Traders report and also uh, any trading setups that you want to use in that that's a setup uh, for next week as well. It's a community. We want to you build it and we want to hear from you. Anyway, we'll see you now, guys, next week for more of the trade-off.